Hey everyone and welcome back to the Ask Anu podcast. I want to thank you all so much for choosing the Ask Anu podcast, maybe for your drive, your downtime, your cooking session or maybe even your gym session. I can't express my gratitude enough because this journey gets more and more fun and exciting because of you. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify, follow me on Apple Podcasts and also follow me on Instagram at AskAnuA so that we can stay connected and updated. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. This is definitely the kind of topic that I need to do with my sister. Um, but unfortunately, she's not here at the moment. Um, but it's definitely not a topic that will just stop here. Because it's something that I feel needs to be spoken about time and time again. Um, and my sister is actually the one that's kind of educated me um, on these kind of topics more so um, of recent than any time before. Um, but yeah, most of my opinions come from what my sister has taught me, has shown me, and I'm grateful for that. So I feel like the teacher, um, who is my sister, should have her you know, voice heard as well. Um, and me, the student, I'm having my voice heard now. <laughs> so, um, of recent, you know, days, we got the final verdict for, um, the case, um, about Sarah, Sarah Everage, um, who was unfortunately murdered by a police officer in the United Kingdom. And, um, you know, he was convicted of murder and rape, um, and that was the longest of things. But the problem that I have is that we only speak about women's safety when something drastic happens. And the honest fact is, we are not scared of being murdered. We just want to feel safe. And I gave an example on my Instagram the other day, for those who will know this story, I will tell it very briefly, but what happened to me um, was I was at the gym and a guy um, who I don't know from anywhere um, was looking at me when I was in my gym class. And then when I proceeded to go into the main gym after my class, he then proceeded to try to get my attention whilst I was on the cross trainer and try to get my attention whilst I was on the treadmill as well. I started to feel uncomfortable. Um, so I, you know, made my session on the uh, treadmill a bit longer. Just because I knew no one was going to stand there and stare at me for a good 15 minutes. I mean, I was feeling uncomfortable. And in that moment, I just couldn't give him any avenue at all to approach me because I didn't want to be approached. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, these kind of behaviors get a pass because quote unquote, nobody was harmed. But this is actually how most of these cases start. They start with men acting predatorial. Is that a word? They act like predators, basically. It starts with the men that are acting like they, they are interested in you, they want to get to know you, or they're trying to get your attention, or, you know, they know what gym you go to, they know your routine, they know what train you get on in the morning. And as much as it sounds like, oh, come on, 
you know, you're being a bit dramatic now. The annoying part is that being dramatic seems to be the only way to keep yourself safe. And I feel like there's a lot of advice at the moment, you know, send your family your location, text your friend when you get to your destination, you know, be on the phone to somebody when you're walking around at night, etc., etc. But I feel like we still haven't debunked and broken down the normalized behavior that is not normal. Um, you know, I feel like we're in a we're in a time where people don't like being told what to do and people don't like being schooled about what is not their problem. But the honest fact is, most of these men that are behaving like this have friends, they have colleagues, and their behaviours do not go amiss. Their friends and their colleagues probably laugh and joke about the stupid things that they get up to um, and approve of this you know, behavior that is sickening and makes women feel uncomfortable. Like I said, we don't want to feel safe so that we don't get murdered. We want to feel safe so that we can live life every day. Going to the gym should be normal. Going to the gym and feeling comfortable shouldn't be a privilege. It should just be what it is. And, you know, there are going to be people out there that may be listening or may have seen my Insta story. And the first thing they would have thought was, well, what was she wearing? Victim blaming. Well, uh, maybe she looked at him in a certain way, victim blaming. Oh, well, you know, maybe he, he he's seen her before and he's just trying to listen. At the end of the day, not at any point, not like I need to justify for anybody, but at no point did I show any interest whatsoever in this guy that was staring at me non-stop and oh how did you know he was staring at you because anybody that has eyes knows how far out they can see I can feel him looking at me and any woman out there that knows exactly how that feels you know when someone's looking at you you can feel it it's uncomfortable and you know, there is a lot of advice out there, you know, telling people how to be safe, carry a, an alarm, you know, carry pepper spray. I have a friend who literally carries all the safety equipment in the world on her um, in case she's approached by somebody. And, you know, it's sad to think that people live their day-to-day life on the edge. It's not fair. It's not right. And something needs to be done about it. Now, for me, I've never been the kind of person that is afraid of, you know, walking home at night, going through, you know, certain places. I've never felt afraid. Um, If it wasn't racism, it was because I'm a woman. And yeah, I've just never felt uncomfortable. But even now, people say, you know, don't walk home by yourself, get an Uber. I'm now hearing that Uber drivers have also started their own, you know, nonsense of, you know, knowing your address and revisiting your address. And these things (laughs) need to stop being so normal. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They need to stop being normalized. And I know people are going to say, oh, it's not normalized. Well, they're not getting in trouble for it. So then it's okay. And that's the problem that we have is that if there's no consequence for these perverted, stalkish behaviours, then 
there's nothing we can do about it other than just live with it. You know, you'll say, oh, why did you give him a fake number? He wouldn't have to come back if you gave him the right number. I shouldn't have to feel compelled to give anybody my number. If I tell you no, the answer is no. And I know that there are people out there again, who will say, you know, um, oh, guys need to try harder, be more persistent. If you really want her, go and get her. You know, these are the kind of sayings that are flung around and, you know, people take them so literal that they don't realize that their behavior is weird and stalkish. And I remember um, a few years back now, there was a guy who was interested in me and I said, you know what, let me just be, let me be polite. Um, I allowed him to take me on a date and he was a nice person but he wasn't for me. It was that simple. And I remember saying it to him, like, you know, okay, date was great. Thank you so much. And everything. But I just feel like, you know, the, the way I'm, my life is going, (laughs) I'm just not interested right now. Um, and he was kind of like, I'll wait for you to be ready. I'll, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll just, I'll wait for you. (laughs) it was just, you know, I'll message you every morning. I'll make sure you're okay. And I said, no, 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 it's fine. Honestly, like I don't want you hanging around. Um, if I know that there's other people that you can be getting to know and talking to that are actually ready, I'm just not. Um, and I thought, I thought we settled it, but no, he kept messaging me. And I was like, I, I'm sure i made it very clear that I wasn't interested anymore. But again, the behavior of be persistent, she might come through, is what's been normalized. So it's us women that now have to normalize being defensive. We don't want to be defensive. We don't want to have to lie about our address. We don't want to have to lie about our numbers. We don't want to have to share, you know, our location and everything with everybody in the world to feel safe. We should be able to say no, mean it, and let people leave us alone. But how come in 2021, people still don't get the picture? So really and truly, my problem isn't just these high-profile predators that are murdering people. My problem is the normalised behaviours of men in society that is making us feel uncomfortable day to day. Yeah? If I say I don't want it, I'm not interested, thank you, but no, and I smile, that smile isn't an invitation to continue. That smile is me being very nice and very polite before I do something that I don't want to do. I don't want to have to raise my voice in public. I don't want to have to call the police on you. And guess what? Most police officers will say that you're wasting their time. This is the problem you know, cases of being stalked and cases of being harassed are just not taken seriously at all. And this is why women don't report these things. You know, somebody said to me, did I report what happened to me um, at the gym to the gym? And I said, I, I told the um, the teacher about it. I told my instructor about it. Like, you know, that guy, he was kind of just looking at me and I just don't feel comfortable um, what are they going to do about it? I don't know. And I just feel like it's something that they just don't take seriously. But then the moment, God forbid, something happens to me, oh yeah, she did tell us. We should have clocked onto it then. 
I'm hearing that the murderer of Sarah Everage, um, you know, he's been, he's had this behavior since 2016 or something, that this is normal for him, that he speaks about sexually harassing women. And you're telling me that not one officer stood up and said, this is wrong. This is insanity. And this is the problem I have is that we're normalizing behaviors that are not normal or you're, you know, you're playing it off as, oh, that's my friend. That's just how he does. No, no, enough is enough. At which point do we stop advising women how to be safer and teach men how to behave? You know, and I know that people say that, you know, it's dramatic trying to put a curfew on men and things like that. And let's be honest, things are happening in broad daylight. So you know what? Sometimes these curfews don't work. But like I said, the problem isn't the big high profile men. The problem is the micro men in society that are still making women feel uncomfortable day to day. Now, I'm still going to go back to that gym. Why? Because I'm not actually scared of anybody. I have no fear. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, you know. I I don't feel scared to go back to the gym. And if he tries to reapproach, I will have to use my tonsils and speak firmly. But why should I feel that I have to choose whether or not, oh, should I go back to the gym because I don't feel comfortable? Or should I go to a different gym to feel more comfortable? I should just feel comfortable going to the gym. Now, I know that men definitely don't go around thinking, can't go to that gym because too many girls talk to me. (laughs) Do you know how much of a privilege that is to know that you can leave your house knowing that, you know, if you don't approach or if nobody, yeah, if you, you can look any kind of way and nobody will approach you. Whereas us women, even in our tackiest of tacks, People still want to be talking. And when we say no, they think it means be more persistent. It's hard, honestly. And I don't think people understand, you know, the real effect it has on women. You know, um, there's times when me and my friends, we just want to get the train back home after, you know, a motive. And instead of getting the train home for our safety, we'll get an Uber you know, we'll get an Uber back, just in case anything happens to anybody. Now, for me, that's sad. We should feel like we can just get on the train. And this doesn't negate from being smart. This doesn't negate from being street smart. But let's stop normalising, quote unquote, street smart, whilst also allowing men to behave any kind of way, because that's not on. Do you get what I mean? We've normalized it so much that we now call it street smart instead of stop the predators at the root of their problem, which is their mindset. Now, I know people say things like putting these things on social media doesn't change anything, etc., etc., but it does. Because what we're doing is educating a generation that is younger, a generation that is coming up with a social media world where they're seeing these things, they're realizing these things are not normal. And they're stopping it before they start it. And, you know, it's like how we now have Gen Gen Z, Gen Z, however you want to call it, who, you know, instead of going into jobs that they hate, they find jobs that they love because they know that life is more than just making money and staying in a company for six, seven, eight years and working their way up. We have a generation of entrepreneurs. We have a generation of 
untraumatized people or people that are starting therapy at 21 instead of 30. Is there a problem with starting therapy at 30? No, but you could have undone a hell of a lot and stopped a hell of a lot of problems had we been educated about that before. So what we're doing by putting these things out in the open on social media, on TV, etc., and addressing them is we're stopping it at the root before it starts. Because now we're going to have a generation of men who know how to behave, who know how to approach women appropriately, who know that no means no, who know that this is the way to be smart and sensible on a night out, who know how to, you know, navigate situations and scenarios and how to make women feel safe. Women don't want to feel uncomfortable. And that's the honest fact. We don't want to feel uncomfortable. We want to feel safe. And that's in any kind of set. That's in the workplace, on a night out, in a restaurant. We want to feel safe. That's all we ask for. And I can't believe that in 2021, in a country that is supposed to feel safe, we're begging for people to just hear us and take us seriously. Because, like I said, that gym incident is only one incident where I can say, you know, it's recent. But I can tell you that the week before that, a guy still tried to move to me on road. You're following me. I'm saying, you know, it's okay. Thank you, though. Thank you. Oh, you know, oh, but can I just get to know you? I don't want to get to know you, but thank you. Oh, you know, okay, maybe if you just give me your number and I can call you later. I'm okay. Thank you. I'm actually married. <laughs> I've just started throwing that out there now. Like, I'm actually married. And then people will say, oh, this is why you're single. No. I don't want to marry a weirdo. <laughs> you know, I don't want it. I know what I want. I don't want that. So I, I shouldn't have to tolerate nonsense because I'm single. That's silly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I should still be able to be treated like a normal citizen and be able to reject what I want to reject. I'm not desperate. <laughs> so it's just that those kind of situations, again, I've, I'm literally in a space where, guys, I have a fake name that I give to people if I'm in a situation where I have to give them my real number. So that the moment they address me by that fake name, I can straight block and delete so that I never have to hear from that person again. That's how deep it is. Now, I promise you, every single person, every single woman listening to this and every single man listening to this, every single man should ask every single woman they know if they have a fake name for guys that move to them. They do. All of us do. Every single one of us do. I promise you. In fact, it wasn't until I told my sister about my fake name that she said, oh my gosh, I got a fake name too. And I was like, wow. So we have fake names. <laughs> you know, it's that sad that we have, automatically we think of fake names and we think of fake numbers and we think of excuses as to why we shouldn't have to give these men our numbers. The problem is that we get in scenarios where you don't have a choice. Now, people will say, oh, you don't have to give your number to them. Are you, <clears throat> I promise you for free, 8.9 out of 10 times, we do not want to give these guys our numbers, right? And the reason I say 8.5 is because maybe there's a 1.5% of people that do want to give their numbers to these guys. But I promise you the 8.5 that we don't, we feel compelled to. Oh, but, you know, you can just say no. Yeah, no, we have. <laughs> we don't just say yes straight away. Most times we say no. We're not interested. 
but there goes the persistence. Okay, maybe if I can have your Instagram or your your WhatsApp, your Facebook, what about your Snapchat? All of these avenues to try and communicate with me, I'm not interested. Now, what makes you think that I want you to then monitor my life on social media? It's a given, like, I'm not interested. Take it as it is. I don't understand what we have to do more than what we are trying to do. Like I said, it doesn't negate from being safe. I'm not saying go out at 3 a.m. in the morning and prance around naked and, you know, hope for the best. But if you do do that, you should still not feel like you're putting yourself in a position to be a victim. We need to stop victim blaming and because that's the problem that we have is that when you put so much emphasis on the victim and what the victim needs to do better, oh, dress better, look better, sound better, say this instead, say that instead, carry this instead, you take away from the fact that the predator has a serious problem. Now, remember that my opinion is coming, number one, from experience personally, but also from my experience professionally as well. Because I've worked in a profession where I'm working with some of these people that are mentally unwell and are in prison for their actions in the community. So I know that these people are not well, right? I know these people are not well. But like I said, because we're nipping it in the bud sooner, there should be less and less of them. And not all of them get arrested. Now, do you think that guy from the gym is going to get arrested or charged? They will tell you guys he did nothing wrong. So he lives his life thinking that his behavior is okay. Why? Because there's no punishment for staring at a woman in the gym for 15 minutes nonstop. But I'm the one that has to live with the idea and the trauma of being stared at. I'm the one that has to adjust what I wear when I go to the gym now so that I look less attractive. I'm the one that has to go to the gym at a different time to feel safe. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Because this is what I'm talking about. On the one side, all they have to do is mind their business because they didn't get what they wanted. On the other side, we have to adjust everything we're doing in order to feel safer. We honestly need to pray for these men. Because I feel like this is not something that you can just hope that will change. These things will honestly only change through prayer, educating, and holding men accountable for their actions. That's the only way things are going to change. Because if things don't change, they will only get worse. And I don't believe that God wants a generation of men that are repeating vicious cycles. I believe that these men coming up are going to be smarter they're going to be wiser, they're going to be more, you know, accountable to each other, they're going to be more open and honest, by God's grace they'll be less traumatized, they're going to have emotions and feelings and they're going to talk about things and not hide everything, suppress everything and then it comes out in a way that is not acceptable to society, I believe that, I believe that so strongly but it starts from those of us that care and I care, I care about men, I have brothers, I have cousins, my dad, I have males in my life that I care about so much, 
you know, I have godsons, these young boys, I have youth from church, you know, these people I care about so much that I don't want them to go and join the bad, bad, bad seeds in society that are making women feel uncomfortable. By God's grace, the men that I know will make women feel comfortable in Jesus' name. And my prayer is just that those of us that care will genuinely put these people and men, even in this generation, you know, 25 plus, into the hands of God. And there will be a drastic change in Jesus' name. Like, not that they can't be changed, because I I, I believe there is a notion that, you know, once you get to 30, once your frontal lobe has been formed, that's it, no change. But I believe that there's nothing God cannot do. So I pray that they get changed in Jesus' name. And I pray that the that men are more open to being accountable to one another and their behaviours, that they will stop accepting nonsense behaviours from their friends and they will start being able to be honest and open and saying that's wrong because that's what we need. We need men to tell men that that's not okay because, like I said, all of these men have friends. All of these men have families. And you ask yourself, if you're a man listening to this and you know that sometimes your behavior is, you know, out of line, ask yourself, is that how you want someone to treat your daughter? Is that how you want someone to treat your mom? And do you know what? You shouldn't have to have a daughter or a mom to think like that. Is that how you want to be treated? Flip it. How would you feel if someone was staring at you in the gym? You wouldn't feel comfortable and you would probably not go back at that time. We don't think about these things until they happen to us and we're all experts until it happens to us. But we really need to think, you know, this is happening on a day-to-day basis and things need to change and they need to change soon because we can't have another Sarah Everage case in the United Kingdom again. We need to break that curse. We need to cancel that curse and people need to be accountable. I feel I feel safe because I know I'm covered in the blood of Jesus and I'm in the arms of God. And I pray that everybody else feels the same. But I know that in reality, on a day-to-day basis, momentarily, safety fluctuates. You can feel safe one minute, then the next minute you feel like you need to cover yourself in the blood of Jesus again. <laughs> you know? So yeah, thanks for listening to me today, guys. I really hope this episode helped and blessed somebody. And, you know, share it with your friends and your family. Let them know, you know, what we should, what we need to be talking about. Because this is serious. It's not something that we can just allow to sleep until the next big case. This is something we need to talk about daily. You know, this is why the Me Too movement started because women were not feeling comfortable and safe in the workplace more so. Don't let it be another quote unquote movement before we start acting. Thanks for listening guys. Till next time, peace out.